It's, uh, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, the first service was awesome. Um, it was great just to share some time with Zach, uh, to talk with him a little bit. Uh, the last time we had a mission partner join us, we did this, uh, this interview uh, type of thing, and it worked pretty well, so we're going to continue that uh, again this morning with Zach. So for those of you who don't know, this is Zach. Uh, and <laughs> Zach, why don't you, uh, I said two minutes in the first service, but you took four minutes and 38 yeah, seconds sorry, sorry. Um, to do that. <laughs> but could you just sort of, for people who don't know you, sure. uh, just who are you um, and why are you here and why are you not here most of the time? Gotcha. So my name is Zach Brady. I grew up in Wirt County. And so I'm here because I need to redeem some of the beatings that I took in high school <laughs> baseball right down the road. The Williamstown boys whipped up on us a lot. But um, it happens, right? It happens. So no hard feelings. It's all good. Um, but so my wife and I, we have been married for almost 13 years now, and we live in Malawi, Africa. And so um, there's not a lot of people from Work County who wind up in Africa. And so there's a lot uh, of the story that I would love to share with you um, that we don't have time for this morning. But basically, long story short, uh, we're working with Young Life there. And so Young Life does a lot of different things. But just if you're kind of brushing up on your African geography, so Malawi, not Maui, we're not in Hawaii, Malawi <laughs> is a sub-Saharan, Southeast African country, um, used to be an old British colony, so any educated Malawian will speak English, which is handy, um, and then magic, nope, do I have to do something to this? Are you holding your tongue right? Uh, maybe, uh, oh, holding. And try now. Nope. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, here we go. Okay, this is my family. Um, we've got a new addition. We've got little Ezekiel. And so I've got two girls. Um, Ellie Jo is getting ready to turn seven. Miriam is just turned three Friday. And then um, Zeke is five weeks old. He was born on the 18th of August. So we're back this time to just kind of rest a little bit, hang out. Um, this is a little zoom in of Squeaky Zeke, I think. That's what we call him. He is a squeaker. He doesn't really cry much, but he likes to squeak. And um, Ellie loves being a big sister. And so in Malawi, the, the main thing that we're doing, that I'm doing, is I work with international schools. This is a picture of my daughter's first grade class, um, which we can kind of pick apart a little bit, in the, a little bit later. Um, and so international schools are chuck full of kids from all over the place. And what Young Life does, what we do, is we try to do two main things. One, we meet kids where they are. Jesus was a go where they are kind of guy. He met Zacchaeus at the bottom of the tree. He met the woman at the well. He met the woman when she was caught in adultery. On her worst day of her life, Jesus showed up and was her advocate, was her defender. And so we looked at what Jesus did and we said, hey, I think we should try to do that. Let's. doesn't matter how many cool events we put on, lost people aren't going to just walk through the door most of the time. So we have to go where they are. And so we do that. We show up on campus with Frisbee. With, we do different clubs on campus. We play Frisbee, play soccer, play different things. Um, but this is a picture of one of the high school, the men, the, the boys Bible study that we lead on campus. And then this, oh, where'd it go? Oh no, it's gone. It's gone. It's really gone. It'll it come back. It was there a little bit ago. It was there. Yeah. Hold on. It'll come. That's okay. This we'll do this one. So we do two things. Like I said, we show up on campus where kids are, and then after we've built relationship 
and we kind of earned the trust and kind of earned the right to speak into their life, we just throw parties. We just hang out. This is my back porch with like 90 kids um, crammed on the back porch, and it is a party. And basically, club, like the way club works is we, we have a party, do games, play music, sing songs, and then at the end of the night, we'll open up scripture and introduce them to the person of Jesus. Um, because Jesus was God with skin on, right? And so if we can convince a kid who's far from God that Jesus was real, and Jesus is what God looked like, Jesus is what God sounds like, the way Jesus interacted with broken people is the way God interacts with broken people. And so we introduce kids to a Jesus that they've never maybe seen in that light. And, um, and that's a full-time gig, man. And so it's, it's, what's what I do full-time. My wife is an ER doctor, and um, there's lots of messy things that she, crocodile bites and hippo accident, all kinds of craziness. Um, but the cool thing that my wife is doing, the really cool thing, is she has helped start Malawi's very first emergency medicine residency. Um, anybody who was doing emergency medicine in Malawi, which was like four doctors for the whole country, they had all gone to like Kenya or Canada or South Africa to train in emergency medicine and come back. And so now they have their first, the first group of medical students that are on their second year training to be emergency medicine doctors, which is huge. I mean, it's, it's a ton of work, and if Malawi doesn't work out, we'll stay and still do medicine. But um, anyways, that's about five minutes and 12 minutes. seconds. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So. We're not counting. We're, okay. not, we're not counting. All right. Yeah, we're second service, so second there's no, service. we can yeah, stay as long as we no, want. Yeah. <laughs> if Gretchen appears in the back door, that means we have okay. less than right. a minute to wrap All right. it up. All right, so. cool. <laughs> All right. So, Zach, several years ago, FBCW sort of changed how it was approaching missions, and we wanted to take the, the gospel to places that it has not been. Right. Uh, instead of going uh, to, and just sort of going to easy places, we sure. wanted to go to places where the gospel had not yet been. Right. But then you show us pictures like this where you're just having Bible parties uh, right. on your back porch. <laughs> so how, right. does, how does what you're doing match with what FBCW desires to do through missions? Yeah, so if you look in this picture, you'll see there's some brown-skinned friends. Um, so these international schools are made up of kids that come from places like Pakistan, come from places like India, come from places like, like, uh, from, where there's actually, if you look at the very front, there's a kid, uh, there's a Chinese kid, and I don't know how much you know about China, but they're like whoosh, really underground Christian. So there's lots of different places around the world where there is, like you said, they're, they're hard to reach, they're hard places to get into, big cities like, um, like Abu Dhabi that is like in the UAE in the Middle East, like these big key cities that are like no gospel presence, that are chuck full of Muslim families and Muslim businesses and all these things. Well, those families have businesses and ties across Africa. And a lot of them, so our city, Blantyre, is a city of a million people. Um, and they are just literally stacked on top of each other. And so um, let me pull up Ellie's, so this, like I said, so we'll just run through these. Let me just tell you the, the country of passport of Ellie's classmates. This is Ellie's first grade class. So across the bottom, we've got, there are two boys that are from Greece. There's uh, two Malawian girls that are twins. And then there's Zimbabwe, Zambia, a kid from Pakistan, a kid, girl from Ireland, another Malawian boy. There's a girl from India. Then there's Ellie right in front of the teacher. And then another Malawian, a German gal, 
a mixed race gal who's Canadian Malawian, and then there's another Malawian girl, another boy from Pakistan, an Indian girl, and then a couple other African countries that I don't, I don't remember where they're from. But there's folks, and that's just Ellie's class, you know. So these international schools are melting pots of kids from all over the place. And then this family, whoo, man. So one of the reasons that we're in Malawi is God answering the prayers of this couple. I believe that with all my heart. So this couple was, um, they're an Indian family, and they came to faith in Christ in India, in a Muslim, there was a missionary that was there that met them, that shared the gospel, and bam, God revealed himself to them. And then word kind of got out because they were so excited about what God was doing in their life, and their family became a target, and their children became targets. And so they like, sold the farm and the cows and everything and moved to Tanzania. It was the first place they could go. So they got to Tanzania, started working for some schools, trying to figure out. They ended up moving south, trying to figure out how we're going to raise our family, how we're going to do this. Jesus, you're the provider. You're the protector. How are we going to do this? They got to our city. They started running a couple businesses, started making enough money to send their kids to school. But they realized that these international schools are just black holes. Like there's no spiritual presence. There's no, despite the fact that it's got St. Andrews as its name, there's no Christian presence on campus. Very secular education, very, um, so it's a British curriculum, not that Britain's bad, but it's a British curriculum. And so these parents are just like praying for their school going, God, would you send people to my, to these schools to disciple my kids? Would you bring people to our city to reach these high school kids that no one like they're they're growing up in a system that is 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 broken for them and so anyways so word got back to them that there were indian kids that were coming to club and they're like what what is this like this is party and they have a bible and how does that work (laughs) like you know and so they they called me and they said hey we heard about what's going on we heard about young life we want to know more so we sat down and we shared and we just basically just wept for two hours together because we realized that like the timeline of their story and the timeline when God started really clearly speaking in my in mine and my wife's discernment process was within months of each other. Like they're praying, Lord, would you lead us? And God's like, hey, I'm gonna lead somebody, you know? And so the Lord started leading us while they were praying and then just dropped us into the same city to tag team and reach kids from Muslim backgrounds who have no Christian influence in their life, who, who basically, the, this is on the internet, so I have to be careful, <laughs> but um, it, it's, yeah, I won't, never mind. Yeah, okay, next story. What I'm gonna tell you, though, is that this family is bringing people from hard-to-reach places to Christ, and it's awesome to get to partner with them. Yeah. It's a very neat, very neat concept. You have, you have students, and you may have them until they graduate and move on or until their family moves. But uh, we talked about in the first service, Isaiah, where uh, when God says, when my word goes out, it won't go back void, come back void. Right. And that's what, that's what we're trusting God in. Yeah. Is, is we give a, maybe it's a little bit for a, a few months, maybe it's several years, but then when they go out, we're trusting God will. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's proven that he can be yeah. trusted. So. And the senior class from, from this year, they, they went to cities like Tokyo, Hong Kong, Bang, or, um, New Delhi, Abu Dhabi, and they got like full ride scholarships to like top of the line universities in these cities that are like pretty much hostile to Christianity. And so 
um, huge opportunity. Yeah. So you guys are here till October 16th in the States, yep. right? Yep. And then you're going back. And right. that's a, you told me last week how long of a flight that is. Uh, so it's like 13 and a half hours on one, from Washington, D.C. to Ethiopia, and then four hours from Ethiopia down the Blantyre. So it's not, as, it, as, it, as travel to Africa goes, it's the easy. <laughs> right. But still, 17 hours yeah. with three, three kiddos right. and, and, you and, uh, and you guys. Um, so aside from that great distance, what has been the, the most challenging part of doing ministry in Malawi? Hmm. Oh, lots of, so it's like the hard and good right? It's like most of the things in life that are good are hard. Yeah. Um, raising kids is hard, but it's really good. Um, and so there's a, um, a kid in this photo that I've circled there. His name is William. And William was a rock star. I mean, William was the kid who was on campus. He was far from God when I met him. And he was chasing the football dream. He wanted to go play for Chelsea and be some premier Football. Football, yeah, not American okay. football. Sorry. And the rest of the world calls soccer football. And so we just, Americans like to do our own thing. So, um, but the rest of the world, they call it football. And so, yeah, so he is a soccer player. And, and he is a really charismatic kid, incredible kid. Started coming around. And it turns out, like, his mom um, was kind of, had raised him in church a little bit, but he was like, this isn't for me. But after a couple Bible studies, a couple conversations, he's like, dude. I, this is for me. I'm in. How do I follow Jesus? And I was like, okay, like, let's go. Let's figure this out. So, so William comes to life in Christ, and I start pouring into him, meet with him every week, pouring into him, pouring into him. He's bringing people to Bible studies, and then he gets an email from a, a scout in Europe, and he basically has an opportunity to go train in Europe to be a potential professional football player. And so he's like, all my dreams are coming true. And I'm like, oh no, my key kid is leaving. <laughs> oh no, you know. And so, um, so he's gone. He's in, he's in the UK now chasing his dreams. But, and, and, it, and the reason I share that is most, the most challenging thing is because as you're building a ministry, you want to kind of, you, you hope that people that come stick, right? But I think as you read through the New Testament, as you read through the book of Acts, like, People come and then they go, and you you're faithful with them, to, you're faithful to the Lord while you have them with you. But then, and I'm not very good at going like, okay, Lord, you do it your way. <laughs> I have a way that I want to do it, you know. And so there's been key kids and volunteers that have come through and have been hugely involved and like all hands on deck. And then they get a job in a different city, they get an opportunity, and then. They go, 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 go. And so then it's like, okay, well, we start fresh with someone else. And so that's just been really challenging because it's like, in, in the worldly perspective, it's like, oh, I wasted my time on you when I could have been pouring into someone else. But in a kingdom perspective, we're like, wait a minute. We've got all these folks that are getting trained up and they're getting sent out to different cities and different continents and different places. So it's hard to kind of keep that humble perspective when I want to build something. You know what I mean? So, so uh, that's tough. That's a challenge because you, yeah, yeah. you invest and then they leave. But that's also a win. Sure. You, you've shared that. Yeah. So what, what, what has been the most rewarding win in your years in Malawi so far? Yeah, gosh. I mean, 
it would be easy, I think numerically, it's, it's easy to kind of celebrate the numbers, you know, like we have a roster of all the kids that we know by name, you know, because one of the things about working with kids is the most precious sound in the ear of a kid is their own name, you know? And so when you're working with kids, whether it's in your student ministry or your family ministry, if you can learn a kid's name and call them by, or even as an adult, someone remembers your name, you're like, oh, you remembered me, you know, it means something to you. So, um, so we've got like over 250 kids that we know by name at the schools. We've had over 130 kids come through club. We've had a half a dozen kids come to know Jesus. Like we can like celebrate the numbers, but, but when you think about like a big win, like a life change story. So this is a, two groups of kids. The group on the back um, that's, that are standing up is a group of high school kids who when I first met them, I was like, hey, tell me about your school. And what they did was they looked around, they said, oh, see him, he's a da-da-da-da-da, and see her, she's a da-da-da-da-da, and see him, da-da-da. you know. They started pasting labels on everybody as to who I should and should not hang out with, and that person will never come to Young Life, and that, they're a Muslim family, so don't even talk to them, and that kid's a bully, and da-da-da. and I was like, whoa, time out. Like, that's, that's not the way God sees us. Let's, not be, let's be careful how we look at things. And so I, I challenged them to pray. That, so I, I asked them this question. I said, how would your perspective of your classmates change if we prayed for them and we prayed that God would reveal himself to them? And they're like, well, I don't know. Like, that guy's really messed up. He's, a, he's never going to come. Like, we shouldn't even bother with him. Like, my mom says don't to talk, to, like, don't make friends with people like that, you know? And like, ugh. And I was like, well, let's just pray that God would reveal himself to them. And my guess is your heart towards them and your perspective will change. So that happens over time. And then towards the end of the after a year of praying that, we, we put on an overnight campout. So this is a picture at the end of our year six campout. So we're in three schools, two high schools and a, a primary school. And the, the sixth graders the 10-year-old, 11-year-olds that are sitting on the ground there are getting ready to go to high school. So there's no middle school or junior high in that system. And so these 15, 16, 17-year-olds took two days out of their weekend to sit with 10 and 11-year-olds and pray over them and encourage them. But the kid that I've got um, circled there, his name is Lazani. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write a couple names down for me, okay? So I want you to write William down. We talked about him. And I want you to write Lazani, L-E-Z-A-N-I, Lazani. So Lazani is 11. He's the oldest of five kids. And when we were sitting around the campfire, I asked the sixth graders, I said, hey, you guys are getting ready to start high school. On a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? One being, I'm ready to like, poop my pants and just repeat sixth grade, I don't want to go to high school. 10 being like, let's go right now. I'm ready to conquer the world. I'd say the average response was like 2.5 or 3. I mean, these kids were terrified. And Lazani was like negative, like negative a lot. He's like, I don't, because Lazani's parents had sat him down and said, Lazani, you're the brightest of all of our children. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to pull your brothers and sisters out of the international school and send them to local schools. And we're going to send you to a boarding school in South Africa. Now, they're, they're going to sell livestock. They're going to downsize their family home. They're, 
and all of their financial investments are going into this kid's education. And they're telling him as an 11-year-old, the future of, of, of our family rests on you. Because that way you can go get a good job in Cape Town, in South Africa. You can take care of us in retirement and take care of your brothers and sisters. Now, I would love to tell you that that was a unique thing. That happens in probably 50% of the families. They pick their favorite kid and they send them to the best school and they hope that that kid can get a step further or two steps further than they were in school. Now, that's not, a, that's, not a, that's not the way that my family ran, so I don't really understand that, but Lozani was sobbing. I mean, just, just losing it, sobbing. As a, I mean, again, as an 11-year-old, what do you, how do you process that? So these high school kids came around him, put their hands on him, and just unprompted by me, just started praying for him and just started speaking words of encouragement over him, saying, Lozani, we're gonna be with you, man. We're praying for you. God is gonna go before you. He is gonna make a way. And during the, the wildlife clubs, the Bible studies that we were doing, Lozani was one of the peer leaders. And so some of them were even saying, Lozani, you've been doing this. You've been leading Bible study. You're gonna go, look, imagine how much influence you're gonna have. Like, you're gonna go, you're gonna make new friends. We're gonna be praying for you. Like, you're, and like by the end of the night, by the next morning, you, I don't know if you can see the excitement on his face, but he's going like, I don't know how this is gonna work, but I believe we can do this, you know? And so, um, so that was a win because it's like full circle, you know? It's like ministry's trickling down, kids are stepping up, the kingdom is going for, I don't know, like. So can you repeat again the question that you put before those, yeah. those students? So the question was this. The question was, how would your perspective, your view of your classmates change if we prayed every day that God would reveal himself to them? Because again, like you can love them and you can be their friend and you can high five them and learn their name. But if God doesn't draw them, the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal the truth about who God is to them. So uh, that, yeah. that, that question, church, is a game changer. And I encourage you, if nothing else today, aside from writing down uh, names and praying over, over students, but th consider that question. Uh, if you were to, 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 to change your perspective, your view of somebody, uh, and, and pray expectantly for God to do something, how would it change uh, how you interact, how you pray for people? People who are wreaking havoc on your family, if you take that mindset, it changes how you think about, it changes how you pray about uh, uh, God. No longer is that God, would you smite them? It's God, would you do something mighty in them? Uh, mm -hmm. And it, that's a game changer. Yeah. Um, uh, you've seen it, uh, yeah, and, and, and it's just a, 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 a mighty prayer, a powerful prayer uh, to play. Pray. So you guys have been there four years, correct? Um, yeah, four years, January. Okay, so where do you see God leading the Bradys in the next season, see, yeah. couple of seasons? Is it, are you staying? Are you coming? Or yeah, what? no, we're there, man. I mean, we, our girls love Malawi. We love Malawi. Carly, the ministry, that, the, the program that she's building at the medical school and the, the ministry teams that the Lord has allowed me to build, because I'm in two high schools and one primary school, but there's four more high schools and five more primary schools just in our city. And there's four, three other city centers that we would love to send, you know, raise up a, a volunteer, hire them on Young Life staff and send them to start international school ministry. So I'm, I'm one of, there's, there's 12, other, 12 other Malawian staff doing Young Life at the government schools, speaking to Chewa and the local schools. So I'm the only one doing ministry at the international school level. So, I mean, we could be there for 
five years, 10 years, three, I mean, but at the end of the day, it's one year at a time, one step at a time. We wake up every morning and say, Lord, we trust you. <laughs> Help us take the next step. So one year at a time. Sure. That, that leads into our next question. Uh, in, in the next year, we hope to go and visit Zach. The, hopefully, the, ho- hopefully the next time we see him, we are on his, his territory, Let's his go. turf, uh, instead of him coming to us. So if we were to, to bring a group of, from this room uh, yeah. to see you next summer, what would you do with us over there? All right. So a couple things. Um, one, I'd, I'd take you to church. That's church right there. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And then two, one of the things that Young Life does really well is we stretch kids outside of their comfort zones with like adventure camping. And so um, this is a picture of a camp that I helped, I served at. So I was, when I lived in South Carolina, and as we were kind of discerning where the Lord was leading us, I took a group of college kids and we went to Malawi. And we said, Lord, is this where you're leading my family? Is this what's going on? And so we, we served at a camp and we flipped pancakes and we made the, the, cleaned up the messes and we worked hard so that the Young Life staff and the volunteers who have built relationships with kids all throughout the year can experience camp, can eat breakfast with the kids, can go play the games with the kids. And so then the, the service team comes and does all the background, the, the game set up, the game tear down, all the AV stuff, running speakers from that field to that field and kind of making things happen. And then after camp, we'll take you on safari, okay. chase some elephants, wrestle crocodiles, you know, whatever you want to do. Carly comes with us Carly, yeah, she brings okay. her Dr. Right. Quinn medicine woman right. kit, so, so you're good to go. <laughs> right. um, you, you said something in the first service that, that hasn't been mentioned here, but, but in the first service, you said this is the first time that you have left to come home mm-hmm. um, to either raise funds or this time to introduce a new a child to the world. Um, and this is the first time that ministry is happening there while you are here. Can, yeah. you, can you tell us a little bit more about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. So part of the vision that, of what God is kind of giving Carly and I is to build, is to not go and be the hero or go be the savior, but to build programs and build ministries that we can kind of work ourselves out of the job of. You know, we can raise up national staff and say, look, God is way more excited or just as excited about what he's doing in you as he is as what he's doing in me. And you're just, the same Holy Spirit speaks to you, speaks to me. So right now we've got, a, we've got three different teams at each of the schools. And in July, before we left, we kind of sat down and everyone's like, well, if you're not coming back to October, we'll just wait to start things till you get back. And I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. This is not the Zach Brady show. Like, this is a Holy Spirit run. Jesus, like, Jesus, go get the kids. Like, Jesus, bring us the teenagers. Like, you guys have done this with me for a year now, so you can do it. Now is your, now is your seize the moment opportunity. Shedrick, you're the team leader at the high school. Dolly, you're the team leader at the other high school. Wendy, you got the primary school. Sick them. <laughs> and they all went, you think we can? And it is powerful what what your words can convince someone. And, and because one of my flaws, one of my leadership flaws, and maybe some of you may have this flaw as well, is that I micromanage people that I'm trying to train or lead. And so how I, how that, what that looks like is like, here, Tony, why don't you do this? Oh, no, no, not like that, like this. No, 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 not like that. Like, didn't I show you like this way, this way, you know? And I don't give someone enough room to fail. Yeah. And so this trip coming back, we will have been in the U.S. almost three months by the time we get back there. And it's so tempting to pull my phone out 
send a message. Hey, did you talk to the teacher? Hey, did you make sure you got that room reserved? Hey, did you get Bible study? Hey, 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 is this going on? But it's like, in the beginning of it, I was like, I don't know if I trust these guys. And the Lord was like, it's not about whether you trust them. It's do you trust me? Because like you said, the same Holy Spirit speaks. He's like, I'm going to, this is my thing. This isn't Zach's thing. This is the kingdom thing. This is a Jesus thing. I was like, okay, this is awesome. And so they're having club at the house. They couldn't find the spare batteries, so they called me to find out where the batteries were. <laughs> but, I mean, it's been awesome. Like, they've really risen to the challenge. Yeah, and you, you had just spoken about there's other city centers that you'd like to reach. Who knows? Yeah. God may, in your absence, one of those leaders may be right there uh, leading in your place. Absolutely. So, Zach, I'm going to step off uh, and, okay. and leave it to you. I've asked Zach to share just another story or two, but then also to lead us into a time of communion. So, um, as you... As you um, as you share, and I just want to say, glad you're here, glad to see you. you. And uh, we do look forward to coming in and being on your turf yeah, and, and assisting go. you next summer. So Awesome. All right, so thank you. Thanks, Tony. All right, real quick, um, if you haven't gotten one of these cool little communion cups, just they're out in the front, but if you just, just go ahead and hold on to it. But I'm going to tell you a couple stories while you're holding on to that. And I'm going to move this because I like to move when I talk. Um, so one of the stories that I... I skipped over a second ago, is, uh, is this one. So Young Life is a phenomenal ministry, but Young Life is not the church. There's a real power in the local church being the body. So Young Life, if you think of it, is kind of the arm of the body of Christ. Young Life is kind of the arm that reaches into the schools and kind of draws people into the larger body. So this picture here is uh, flood. So our church is called Flood Church. It's in Belantyre in Malawi. And it's got kids from, kids from all over the place, families from all over the place. There's some missionary families. There's Malawian families. There's all, so many different continents represented. And this story, this, the kid that's getting baptized, uh, his name's Michael. And he is from the dark, lost world of Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> okay? So Michael's family, Michael's mom is a... Um, malaria researcher. And so she spends six months out of the year in Malawi, and there's lots of malaria, so there's plenty of specimens for her to research in Malawi. And so she's in Malawi doing, doing her thing. But her, and she wanted to raise her kids to follow God. And if any of you have kids, you know this desire. It's like, I want my kids to know Jesus, but I don't know how to make this happen, right? It's not like you got a magic wand and be like, Jesus, poof, right? Like, you can't do that. So, you, you're, so she's trying to figure it out. She doesn't want to force things on her kids. Like, she's trying to figure this out. But she heard that her kids, so backstory, Michael and his younger brother, Billy, are African-American, adopted into a white family with two white older siblings. And moved, living six months here, six months there, six, the kid was, he was getting a little bit of whiplash, and he just didn't feel like he fit in anywhere. And then he came to Young Life, and he felt like he fit in. He felt, we learned his name. He felt loved. He felt welcomed. And then he started showing up, riding his bike to church. Like he found out that where we did church was close to his home. So his parents would let him ride his bike to church. His parents started bringing his older siblings to church. And so we started, he started getting discipled through the week with Young Life. He started worshiping with his family on Sundays. And you could just see as a family, they were just starting to really hit on all cylinders. But he was still kind of like, I don't know if I buy this. I don't know. I don't know. But I remember there's one particular Sunday, our pastor, Yami is his name, gave an invitation and then gave the invitation to be baptized the following Sunday. He said, hey, if this is, 
this can be your day one. Like today can be the day that you decide that I'm gonna surrender everything to Jesus and trust him no matter what is coming down the road. And after that service, or during the worship actually at the end of the service, Michael came over to me. He's like, I don't really know what's happening right now. <laughs> he was doing this. <laughs> and if you've ever had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, it, like it's, you, sometimes you don't have vocabulary to articulate what's happening inside of you, but that's where this kid was. He's like, I don't know, but I think I'm in, but I'm in. And so this is a picture of Michael getting baptized. And again, like this is just such a testimony of God doing what only God can do and orchestrating it in such a way that this kid, no one was reaching him in Cincinnati. So God's like, okay, how about I make your mom, how about I get you adopted into a family where the mom does malaria research and she'll send you to Malawi where there's a Young Life ministry that will reach out to you, that will introduce you to a church that will teach you how to walk with Jesus as a family and then you'll get baptized and bang, booyah. And I was like, God, look at what you did. Like, ah, this is so cool, right? So I say all that for two reasons. One, if you have someone that you're praying for, someone that's far from God, a son, a daughter, a nephew, a niece, a granddaughter, a grandson, if you have someone that you're praying for that is far from God, don't give up. Keep pressing in because there is nothing more powerful than the prayers of the saints and the pursuit of the Holy Spirit and the participation of the body of Christ. So your prayers are powerful. So do not stop praying. That's one. Two, if there's somebody in this room and you're not sure where you are with the Lord, I'm gonna give you a gift. We're gonna, we're gonna watch a video and we're gonna sing a song and we're going to do this all together. Even the folks in the first service did this. So they told me that the second service has a lot more energy. So I'm expecting that. Okay. So here's how it's going to go. I'm going to play a video. And it's kind of a slideshow. But the, there's going to be lyrics on the screen. And when the chorus picks up, it's going to sing about three things. It's going to say, let there be light. And you're going to warm your shoulder up. And you're going to say, light. And you're going to pump your fist in the air. All right. And it's going to say, let there be hope. Hope. And it's going to say, let there be love love, and then it'll finish. And we'll do that chorus a few times, but you're going to sing it and shout it. While we're singing, while you're listening to the lyrics, I want to put a question in front of you. We sing this song that we're getting ready to do at the end, right before I open the scripture at club. And the reason we sing this song almost every week is because for these kids, in their world, there's a lot of darkness there's a lot of despair, and they get judged a lot. People look at them and make assumptions based on their appearance. And so they feel judged, and it turns into bitterness. So we sing light into darkness, we sing hope into despair, and we sing love into bitterness. Okay? Now, most of you I've never met before. Some of the familiar faces I, I know out there. we got some newlyweds over here. we got some cool, some cool folks that I know. But most of you, I don't know your heart. I don't know your story. I don't know where you are. But I know that God is just as excited about what he's doing in Malawi as he is as what he's doing right here and right in your heart. He's just as excited about it. Someone could do a PowerPoint presentation next week on God's work in your life, and it would be just as exciting. Okay? 
God has been in the process of pursuing you, of drawing, of leaving breadcrumbs, drawing you to himself. And so I just want to put the question in front of you before we sing this song is, in your life, is there more darkness or is there more light? In your life, is there more hope or is there more despair, more just throw in the town, give up because this world's a crazy place? In your life, is there more love or is there more stiff arm, rejection, isolation, no thanks, no way? And if you're not sure, ask your kids. Ask your neighbors. Ask someone who maybe knows you well. And so I hope this song kind of warms you up a little bit. And we're going to look at a couple scriptures. We're going to share communion and we're going to close this morning, okay? So, oh, I forgot. I've got the clicker. Here we go. We get the volume on that. Okay, yep, here we go. Turn it up a little bit. It's kind of soft. And I'll sing with you. I'm not a worship leader, but we're going to do this together. Here we go. Light! Here we go. Light! 